Hi there. Welcome back to another edition of the Calgary Stampeder Podcast. I'm Dave Rowe. And I'm Jock Wilson. And we are in a bye week sitting here twiddling our thumbs, <laughs> kind of figuring out what Saying, we're going to do. What in the heck are we going to talk about today? Hmm, what to say, what to say, what to say. <laughs> no great insight for you today, really. But, yeah, uh, but hey, what we're going to do, though, is we're going to look back uh, on the season so far because uh, we did uh, one at the one-third mark. Uh, we're now at the two-thirds mark. Yeah. And say, if you're John Huffnett, you break the season down into thirds. If you're Dave Dickinson, you break the season down into halves. Math is hard. Well, ma- math is hard. But yeah. I-, I wrote a newsletter this week for Global News Radio 770 CHQR, and I admitted I was wrong, Dave, because I, at the start of the season, as you probably remember, whoa, whoa, whoa. you admitted you were wrong. I, I admitted I was this wrong. Is a I great know day. it's like I t- t- breaking news on the Calgary <laughs> Stampeder podcast. So I, I figured for sure the Calgary Stampeders were going to take a step back, and and I thought it was going to be you know a, a pretty big step back. I thought this team was still going to be a playoff team, but yep. I I figured the best they could do this year is finish in third place. Now I know third place is still you know a possibility a lot of things have to go wrong but I look at this team where they are now on this current winning streak nine and four and really an opportunity to control their own destiny I think this team is going to finish higher than third place now after what I've seen and you know I I look I look at the final remaining five games do I see a win in their future in Montreal? Yes, because the Stampeders coming off a of bye week, they are very, very impressive. Do I see them beating Saskatchewan again? Yes, I do, because, you know, they dominated the Saskatchewan Roughriders earlier this season, and I think they're going to have Cody Fajardo on his ass all night long. I, I don't see a... a, a a, a, a complete domination of Winnipeg. I see a split mm-hmm. in, in that game. And then I see the Calgary Stampeders beating the BC Lions at the end of the season. So that takes this team to 13-5, and five, the way I see this season playing out. And if they get to 13-5, and five, guess what? They're hosting the West you're a Final. Player. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're a player for hosting the, yeah. uh, the West Final. I, I don't know how you see it. But. I gotta, well, I'm, I am pleasantly surprised because when we were doing our season uh, preview show at the start of the year, I was looking, you know, well, both of us were sort of in the same, uh, the same uh, you know, neighborhood, saying uh, 11, and, uh, 11 and 7, 12 and 6, somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. That's a respectable record for this team. And to be at 9 and 4 at this point, oh, and by the way, throw in the fact that you're going to have a backup quarterback running right. the show for right. the better part of, uh, of two months. And not just a backup and, quarterback all of the injuries that they've yeah, had. Yeah, all of the injuries. But, I mean, the backup quarterback in particular, when you're looking at a guy in Nick Arbuckle who was a complete unknown as opposed to the league most outstanding player, Bo Levi Mitchell, right. who we know pretty well. So the situation now, uh, I, I'm absolutely delighted, and I'm sure that John Huffnagel and Dave Dickinson have to be delighted too. Yeah, end of the season, I can see it breaking down like that. I mean, if you can, you know, if you could go – even even three and two, mm-hmm. you know, four and one is uh, four and one is uh, I think possible. Even if you go three and two, maybe you finish second. But yes, I think I think that, you get a home playoff game at, yeah, at, at twelve and at twelve and, and twelve and twelve and six. I think so. Yeah, you know, I think the real wild card uh, in in all of this this year has been has been the BC Lions, just because we all expected we we weren't sure what to expect out of the BC Lions mm-hmm. because of all the change, but frankly, everybody expected more. Than the Lions have delivered. They're, you know, they're starting to show signs of turning it around. Uh, kind of too little, too late uh, yeah. for that crew. I, I look at the Calgary Stampeder season, and and I really thought the offense would carry this team this year. Again, I was wrong because offensively they have been inconsistent. You mentioned the injuries, not only on the offensive line with all of the running backs, and then you lose your your you know, the MOP of the league for the seven games that Bo Levi Mitchell missed. Uh, the the offense has been, except with the exception of Reggie Bagleton and Eric Rogers has been pretty average at times this season. Mm-hmm. But defensively, and this is why I thought the Calgary Stampeders were going to be a third 
place team or maybe even a crossover team this year, I thought defensively they were gutted. I, I really thought defensively they were going to take a step back, not only losing Devon Claybrooks as their defensive coordinator, all of the players that either signed with other teams or through retirement, you know, or went to the NFL. I just thought, how can you actually think you're going to be a solid defense? Guess what? I think you could make a case right now, and I know this is Calgary Stampede Radio you're talking on here, and I know Hamilton's getting a lot of love on defense. I know Winnipeg's getting a lot of love on defense. I can make a case the Calgary Stampeders have the best defense in the in the CFL. When you looked at this team coming out of training camp, and especially with that early rash of injuries on the defensive line, when you, you weren't even sure who that front four were uh, going to be, I mean, mm-hmm. you have to hand it to Derek Wiegand mm-hmm. and uh, also to Cordero Law, who have just really taken that unit uh, and, and pulled it up to their standards. They're having outstanding oh. seasons. When, Corey when, this, Green, when, when this team lost when this team lost to Junior Turner during yeah. the season, I thought, uh-oh, word, word. Flower Remolade going yeah, down. There's, exactly. Yeah, you know, there's two of your four projected starters right mm-hmm. there. You know, you lose an Alex Singleton. And Corey Greenwood, you can't say that Corey Greenwood is, is a revelation no. because everybody knew he was a good football player. The question is, how much is he going to be able to contribute at his age? Right. And he's been punching above his weight all year. Uh, you know, fatigue, it could be a bit of a Can problem he stay for, healthy? You know, I agree. for Corey yep. because he had to miss that last game before the break. I think you're going to have to manage this guy. So load management. You know, they did it with That's Kawhi the key Leonard word in, in sports in now, isn't it? Yeah, so if you can load manage Corey Greenwood down the stretch, make sure you, you have him in the middle for the playoffs because hey, he's a leader out there. You know what? And it's easier to do, I think, down the stretch because, you know, there was there was the time what the, the Stampeders played four games over an 18-day period. Yeah. That just beats the crap out of your body. Mm-hmm. And and now, you know, it's, it's a much more... Favorable schedule, although as Dave Dickinson was saying, he's not really happy with the eight game, eight day breaks because it does it does play a little bit of havoc with your with your day to day routine. You know, best case scenario, you'd like to play every seven days, and that that would be ideal for any coach. Hey, but right now the Calgary Stampeders coming off the bye week, I think they're going to get a little bit healthier. You know, some of those guys are not coming back, but I, I think the Stamps have really put themselves in in a really favorable position. I I'm excited about the stretch drive. Oh, absolutely, and uh, yeah, let's flip uh, over to the offense here and you know, talk about some of that inconsistency or, mm-hmm. or, or lack of production. And I think that's fair because, you, again, you lose weapons on this team. Uh, in the receiving core, DeVaris Daniels going to Edmonton. I, I don't think that surprised anybody, no. but uh, it, it was also that was a loss. Mark and Michelle trying his luck south of the border. That's a, a loss right there. Markeith Ambles, to me, has been a, a disappointment. He hasn't, he hasn't stepped up and become an every-down go-to guy like I hoped he would. And the loss of Joan Breskis into injury, you know, you, you got to have three weapons. Right. You have right. to have three weapons in that receiving core. And when you had Juwan Breskison, Eric Rogers, Reggie Begleton, you had that. And, you know, now, you know, without Juwan Breskison, the load has fallen on Eric and, and right. Reggie. But that, that's one thing that has that has to change. They have to get that ball spread around more. And, and I would take it one step further because doesn't it start with the offensive line? Yep. And and when Brad Erdos goes down in training camp and now all of a sudden, you know, the guard position is, is very, very tentative. You know, yes, Shane Bergman having another great season, but he's had the issues with vertigo again this year. So, you know, you talk about load management, you, you just never know when he's going to be able to go. You know, Justin Lawrence at center, Ryan Sevier at center, Ucombray Williams at center, you know, lots of different, you know, moving pieces there. And, you know, now now are you going to end the season, you know, with three nationals because of the ratio, you know, in that situation? I, I agree with you. I think the, the biggest thing for this team is now the loss of Juwan Breskison because as much as I think the Canadian or national receivers have great potential, 
They are just they're young. so young. They're, oh, so, they're, they're so rookies. Yeah, you, you know, know. You know, look at Juwan Breskison. We always knew this guy had upside, but now he's getting into what? I think it's year four, year yeah. five of, of his career. You need that time to get the seasoning. And and these uh, these kids, you know, Richie Sidani is in his uh, right. second year. You know, Herji Mayala is a rookie. Yeah. Michael Klukas is uh, essentially uh, a, rookie a rookie out yeah. there. And uh, I call him a rookie. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just you don't have. That experience. That you look, look at Colton Hunchuk. I think Colton that's a great story. 73rd player picked in the CFL yeah. draft. Like he was, you know, for most teams, that's an afterthought, right? Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a guy that has to be a go-to guy now for the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, I think that's just a great story. Absolutely. Uh, the running game to me has been has been a, a disappointment. Like we, we talked about the offensive line yeah. here, but still the running game for me has been a disappointment Uh Expected more out of Don Jackson. I agree. You know, he's he struggled to deliver. Kadeem Carey was looking good at times. Forget about him. He's gone for the year with that broken arm. It's back to Don Jackson to carry the yeah. load. And, and I think Don really needs to step up his game. Well, well you talk about carrying the load. And, and as much as I, I like Terry Williams, the way he carries the ball, he just, you know, again, you talk about the endurance. If he is going to be your number one returner, he just can't do both. And, and that's quite clear. So you might be able to spot him in the odd time with, with Don Jackson down the stretch. And and I, I'm hoping Don Jackson is going to be a very motivated player, you know, in the final five games. Because he has been a healthy scratch the last three and I think he's had a very, very good attitude being a healthy scratch because, remember, he started the season as the number one guy, as your starting tailback. So I, I do believe this is a player that does have something to prove. And, you know, let's not you know let's not talk about the rap or the music or everything else he does. Let's talk about playing football. And, and I, think, I think this, you know, I hope this guy is going to be a very motivated player. And, you know, with the inconsistency from Don Jackson, uh, with the injuries to Kadeem Carey, uh, I really think Terry Williams has done an outstanding job because mm-hmm. a guy that you want to mm-hmm. keep fresh, as your returner has had to step up and deliver in the running game, and he's done that. And talking about Terry Williams leads me into our next uh, our next segment of the season in review. And let's look at those Calgary Stampeder special teams as we mm-hmm. uh, wind up uh, another edition of the Stampeder podcast. And I, I mentioned Terry Williams uh, just before uh, we hit the break there. And again, Terry, he hasn't had that in the year of the return touchdown. Yeah. You know, it's it's not like he's been blazing up and down the field. But I just I like watching Terry Williams return kicks. The guy, he just yeah. takes the ball, no nonsense, north and south takes what's there, doesn't make mistakes, doesn't cost you yardage. First half of the season, I thought we were going to set all kinds of records with punt returns, kickoff uh, returns, and, you know, missed field goal returns. And, you know, we were certainly trending that direction. But I, I think special teams coaches... Coaches have, uh, adapt. Yeah, they, they adapt. And, and so we haven't seen quite as many dynamic plays in the second half of the season. But, yeah, the Calgary Stampeders are right up there with, ter- with Terry Williams. And you're right, he's, he's a north-south runner. But I, I will say this, Dave... You know, and, and if we're going to get into the, you know, awards a little bit later on, I, I think one of the special team aces for this team, and if I if I had a vote, you know, for special teams player of the year for the Calgary Stampeders, it's Nate Hawley. Uh, Nate, yeah. Haw- Nate Hawley for me is just, you know, they have to double team this guy because he is such mm-hmm. a stud. And I know you've talked to him a number of times, you know, great attitude, just loves the game, loves to play the game, happy here in Canada. And, you know, getting opportunity on the defensive side of the ball too. But boy, he's made a name for himself on special teams. Yeah, and that is basically, that is the... The way you do it when you're with the Calgary Stampeders. I mean, going back to Deron Mayo, Deron in his first couple of years here mm-hmm. was just a B 
beast on special teams and then moved into that everyday linebacking core. Alex Singleton. Winton McManus. Yeah, Winton McManus. Uh, Jameer Thurman. Yeah. Was, uh, you know, Mark Killam just loved that guy on special teams. And Nate Hawley is just sort of the latest uh, to be in that linebacker position who is progressing into an everyday player. I mean, he's been pushed into being more of an everyday player right. because of the injuries. He's been up to the task, but uh, I think um, there's there's been nights where the Stamps have struggled on kick coverage, and mm-hmm. I think a part of that, you know, say we keep going back to injuries, and saying injuries mean your special teamers have to move into right. into starting roles. And so, you know, the guys that are eager and fresh to go out on special teams, you know, the bodies are taking more wear and tear, and you just don't have that, you know, 100% energy that that you want to dedicate to special hey, teams. Rob Maver, you know, we're spoiled here in Calgary. I think he's one of the best directional oh, yeah. punters in the game. And and you look at the games that Rob Maver screws up in, and, and the, the Winnipeg games come to mind, you know, when a rookie takes two to the house, that was not a good game for Rob Maver. Rob Maver kicked no. it more to the middle of the field, you know, outkicked his coverage, and, you know, that's that's just a mistake. And, and, and hey, Rob even admitted that was not a good game for him. But other than that, you know, you, you've got a kick to a position, hash marks to the sideline, and as I say, Rob is one of the best in the business. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anyone better consistently yeah. than putting it uh, between yeah. the number and uh, you know and, and the sideline than Rob Maver and the way he is capable of killing the ball inside the 20-yard line. You win the field goal yeah. advantage or the field ad- the position advantage, and that's yeah. uh, so important well, to you. And, and the other thing I know, taking it back to defense as well. Look with this team, and you talk about field position, you talk about turnovers. You know, what, why is the Calgary Stampeder defense so good? You know, they lead the league in turnovers, they lead the league in points over turn uh, points off turnovers. You know, this team takes advantage of their opportunities, and that certainly helps the offensive side of the ball too. Exactly, and uh, on special teams here. And this, I think, is going to be a little bit interesting. Let's look at Renee Paredes here, mm-hmm. who is, mm-hmm. you know, he's... Just a, Mr. Consistency. Yeah, Mr. Consistency, <laughs> you know, career-wise, the, the most consistent kicker in CFL history. This year, he's 33 of 39. So he's missed six field goals. He's down at uh, at, at 85%. Is this, uh, I mean, he's still, you know, he's still one of the best in the business. Right. But is, you know, has, has Renee Paredes maybe hit... His peak? Uh, just, just throw well, it out there. You know, hey, hit his peak, sure. You know, I, I think it's fair to say that because you always get older. But is he washed up? Not a chance in no. hell. <laughs> no. You know, so uh, I'll take Rene Paredes any day of the week, you know. And, uh, and and hey, yeah, we, we sometimes wonder when he misses the odd convert or mm-hmm. something to that effect. But but realistically, you know, teams are trying now more two-point converts. Uh, Rene Paredes still has, uh, you know, lots left in that leg as far as I'm concerned. 45 yards out, zeros on the clock. Lock. Yeah, you need a field goal to win the game. He's had a couple of walk-offs this year. Yeah, who else? Who else are you going to call on? Yeah, I, I agree. I, you just can't. You know, again, the Stamps are very fortunate because you know I think you know they've they've been lucky with their long snappers. And remember, it is a team effort. Yep. You know, Rob Maver with the hold. You know, PL Caron obviously with the snap, and uh, you know usually it's money. Yes, and let's look at the coaching staff as well oh. before we wrap things up. Uh, again, Dave Dickinson, you know, getting it done. Uh, the front office continuing to find players to uh, to plug holes for him. How about overall? What do you think of the coaching job? I, I will say this, uh, and I've said it a couple of times on Sports Talk with Jock, and I've mentioned it with our, our CFL insider, Glenn Suter. I think this is the best coaching job Dave Dickinson has ever done with this team. Mm-hmm. And and I know he's not going to get a lot of love nationally yeah. because there's so many great young coaches that are doing a great job. Kahari Jones in Montreal, Orlando Steinhauer, obviously in Hamilton. And, you know, you have the, you know, Dave's brother, Craig, in, in Saskatchewan. So I, I think it's going to be tough. But 
but I'll say this because of the injuries, because of what has happened, he's had to be more of a coach. I exactly right. I think it's some of the best play calling that, that he has done. Um, I shouldn't have been concerned about Brent Monson as, as the DC uh, because he was 10 years with this organization, you know, and, and that's what the Stampeders do. I, I think JC Sherrod has been a really nice add to this team because mm-hmm. just removed from a playing career, he's done a great job. I, I do laugh a little bit about Corey Mace and, you know, so sensitive about having his sign stolen <laughs> that, you know, we've had to see the, the white placards, the white placards come up not right, only yeah. at home, but on the road a couple of times too. And I'm going, okay, I don't understand that Corey, but uh, maybe you're just worried about your sensitive skin or something with the sunblock. Uh, but in general, I would say this is, uh, you know, and, 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 and let's look at coaching staffs. And, you know, I love Devon Claybrooks. I know you love Devon Claybrooks. We all mm-hmm. like Devon Claybrooks here in Calgary. He goes a different route. He, he gets in a bunch of inexperienced young coaches, you know, the Drew Tates, you know, the Nick Lewises, like those guys as well, but they're just not experienced. And, you know, the Calgary Stampeders have been very, very fortunate to keep the cohesiveness together with this uh, coaching staff. So I give them big props. Yeah. And you know, the staff has of course like evolved over time, but it mm-hmm. doesn't revolve. You know, no. there's not, there's not the revolving door out there. You, you have a transition clay Brooks to Monson, you know, Monson was carrying a yeah. big load in terms of designing the defense uh, for the past few years. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, you look at uh, Joshua bell oh. on the, uh, a guy who is uh, I don't know. You can't call him an unsung hero because no. people know what a good you coach this is. You can call him one of the best characters in the game. You can call him one of the best characters in the game, <laughs> and his players, his players love him. Love him. You mm-hmm. know, you ask the defensive backs, and you know they talk. He's he's like Yoda out there again. You know, he's a guy who's only been removed from uh, the game for a couple of years. You know, he he speaks their language out there. Yeah. They, you know, they're inspired. By what this guy does, and you know, when you look at a young guy like uh, like Trey Roberson, uh, only in uh, his second year in the in the CFL, Raheem Wilson, what yeah. these guys have been able to do, you I can't give Joshua yeah. Bell enough credit. No, and and you know what, if we're if we're giving you know kudos out, you know, Mark Killam, we've already talked about the special teams. Yep. You know, that that's a guy that probably is going to get a head coaching job down the road, and I think Brent Monson probably will be be looked at as well. And you know, all of the you know that's that's what the Stampeders have done. They they just groom coaches, which I think is fantastic. And and and. An Another unsung hero because I know he's the president, he's the general manager, but you and I both know, and and I think listeners know as well, that how involved John Huffnagel is in the play calling, the day-to-day operations with this team. Uh, Dave Dickinson has talked about it. When you have a resource like that, and, you know, hey, Dave Dickinson has the final say. He can always call off anything that, you know, Huff puts in there, but... How often does that happen? Probably not very often, I would say. And again, John Huffnagel and his staff just keep finding those players yes, to uh, plug exactly. the holes because you know when you're on a team with this much success year in and year out, you're gonna you're gonna lose people because you can't pay everyone, and no. the people are gonna go looking for paydays somewhere else. So to sum up, uh, both of us uh, absolutely delighted with where well, this team is at this point. Fans in the should year. be delighted. Yep. And, 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 and the delighted. other thing that we we've talked about in the past, Dave. Sorry to cut you off, was you know. From a fan perspective, this could be the most exciting season because yeah. every game is is a challenge. Every it's not game is game difficult. preseason anymore. No, no, exactly right. Yep. And and the way the Stampeders have either won or lost games this year, it keeps you on the edge of the seat. And is this a dominant team? Is this a team that you know is going to win 15, 16 games? No, obviously not. They're they're not they're not that good. But I will say this team has a lot of character, and this team, you know, for whatever has that mojo happening right now, which uh, you know a lot of fans, you know, if you, if you if you don't like what the Stampeders are doing this year. I don't think you're a fan of the Canadian Football League.
And there's still a third of the season yes, to go exactly. here. A whole lot of stories yet to be written. And the playoffs. Playoffs, wherever playoffs. that's going. <laughs> that's uh, that's our look at uh, things up to this it's point of the year. It's a good week chat, by the way. It is, and we'd love to hear from you. Let us know what you think about what we're doing here on the podcast. Let us know what you think about what the Stampeders are doing. And let us know what you want to hear on the podcast. Remember... Okay, uh, so so I have this team, just in closing. Uh-huh. I have this team, you know, finishing 13-5. and five. So make your prediction... Uh, you know, five games left. Where do you see this team? I see this team like 13, 13 and five is uh, is doable. I think twelve. Uh, I think okay. twelve and six. Okay, I'm gonna put them. They're, they're gonna lose six. one to Winnipeg. Who else are they gonna lose to? Uh, it's a, they're just gonna lose one game. We don't expect them to lose. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I think they're only losing one to Winnipeg. We shall see. And hey, uh, tell a friend about the Calgary Stampeder podcast because the more the merrier. Get yes. us anywhere. Hey, you thanks for all podcast. those downloads. More and more happening. More and more happening. Great to see. He's Jock Wilson. Yes, and you're Dave Rowe. Yes, I am. And this is the Calgary Stampeder podcast. 